Welcome to Unto Death. This is David Ladding. Um, I'm just going to hop right in. Um, one, I'm super excited that I can talk longer than 60 seconds. <laughs> um, I can actually go into a, a deeper discussion. Um, two, um, I am going to bring people on. I'm going to record with Elijah Lamb next week. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited about that. And three, this is a quick announcement. It's going to take 20 seconds. I was able to buy this microphone. I'm able to make content because of people who give to me. And I'm also able to do stuff um, missionally, um, doing a tour in 2023. Um, I get to do uh, traveling itinerant speaking and giving monthly helps out a lot. So I'm not frantic each month basing my income off of honorariums. And three, um, I'm also doing work with the Underground Church of Iran and Afghanistan currently. Um, I might go into depth of what that looks like, but I'm just super blessed to be a part of that. Um, so I'd like to ask maybe if you haven't, or maybe if you've thought about it, maybe pray about supporting me and me being able to do stuff like this. I'm not going to uh, make an announcement like this every time, but DM me on Instagram. Um, we can talk. Um, you can ask questions. I'll answer them. And I think the, the initiative that I'm going to promote is uh, $5 a month. If you give $5 a month, if like 25% of my followers were to give $5 a month, I would have more than enough co to continue to do ministry, continue to do ideas like this, and continue to pursue more stuff. Um, as well, just skip a coffee. Uh, $5 a month could really help me out a lot. So the podcast on to death. It sounds super intense, um, but I think it's really because honestly, um, not to be satirical, but because it is intense. Um, Revelation 12.11 is what I've based this podcast off of. Revelation 12.11 says something like this. They overcame him, being the devil, by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their life unto death. And I, I felt so spurred to do this, one, because God has literally walked me through this um, verse without me knowing it for eight months. And that's what I'm be talking about today. I'm gonna tell you three stories, um, revolving, uh, revelation 12, 11. Um, but because pastors and preachers and, and speakers, they never, they never finish the verse. Now, of course, this is a very subjective say, uh, not saying, but, um, statement, you know, this is, this is not an uh, objective thing. Not every preacher doesn't finish the verse, but I see so many preachers who literally do not finish the verse. And I'm so confused. They, they always stir up the crowd by saying, you know, we overcome the devil by, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And everyone's like, yeah. And then they, st they stop, they stop. The last part is unto death. They do not love their lives unto death. It's something that's been skipped. Um, especially in the West, because it's not necessary in the West. Um, it's the, the only um, acclable things I feel like people can um, attribute to their lives is the, the first two. I, maybe that's why it's always preached um, that way. But I want to start off by saying these past, these past eight months have been a crazy, crazy season. So I used to be an atheist. I used to be a skeptic. Um, and maybe I'll tell my story on this podcast eventually. I don't know if that's something you want. Um, but I used to be, an, I used to be a, a guy who thought God was just a cosmic insurance plan people use because they were afraid of dying. Um, I was raised in the church my entire life. Um, everyone told me God is real, but no one ever told me why. But through Christ, I overcame that. Um, again, that's a long story. Uh, it took about six, seven years <laughs> of questioning and 
one thing I will say about that, never be afraid to ask questions. Um, I would probably run away from the people who hinder you doing so. Oh, man, write that down, somebody. Um, yeah, never be afraid to ask questions because I asked questions and it made me a Christian. And a lot of people don't ask, uh, ask questions as believers and then they walk away um, because they never did in the first place. That'll preach. Um, but, dude, this is, this is the reason why I'm making this whole thing um, is because of what I've gone through. Um, again, I am extremely young, um, but I'm not going to count myself out because I'm young. Um, and I really have walked through a serious thing, um, a very deep and intense trial. And the reason why I brought up, I used to be a atheist because the Lord brought this, not the Lord, maybe the Lord, you know, he chastises those who he loves. And it definitely made me stronger, but I believe there is a demonic attack on my life. And the attack was, well, God's not really real. God, all this stuff, Christianity, it's just a giant cult. None of it's, none of it's true. None of it's, none of it's real. And this thought kept like just ripping my brain every day. And I would, I would counter that. I'd be like, I know God's real. I've literally encountered him. He walked in my living room. I've been shoved across my room. That's another story. I, I've I've seen things. I've seen people. I've seen demons manifest. Like you can't make this stuff up. Like it's it's wild. But for some reason, this thought kept coming and coming and coming and coming. And it would come in different forms. I would say, I know God's real. And then this thought would attack the church. Well, you're just gonna call all these crazy people. Um, and I'd be like, oh man, you know, I I don't know, you know, I and it just kept coming in in many shapes and forms. And this this lasted probably, uh, like I said, eight months. So what do you do? Because this trial, this this thing that was running through my mind, these thoughts that you might also have maybe on different subjects like suicide or insecurity, um, et cetera. What, what do we do about these things? Well, something that I didn't realize that I was doing was I was relying on my feelings. I haven't been saved that long. I've been saved two and a half years. But for... A year and a half, I relied on my feelings as evidence for my faith. I relied on what I could feel, my emotions, to give evidence and confidence in what I believed. And that was a very, very dangerous thing for me to do. As soon as you allow your emotions to dictate your faith, or to confirm, or to edify your faith. Edify, again, that's also subjective, because feelings are, I'll say this, feelings are great followers, but terrible leaders. And feelings were driving my spiritual life. I only thought an encounter of God with God um, could be me weeping in my prayer closet. I didn't realize I was encountering God every single day in my Bible. Wow. I didn't realize I was encountering. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't thought of this before, so that I, that just took me back. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I <laughs> I didn't realize I was encountering God every single time I read my Bible because I felt nothing. But the Word is God. John 1.1, 1, 1, it Maybe there's something there. Maybe the Bible is telling the truth. Um, 
All that being said, I was relying on my feelings. I would have a thought run through my mind and a feeling to follow it and thought it was truth. But I was wrong. I was extremely, extremely wrong. I remember I would, I would weep and say, God, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm having these thoughts against you. These thoughts would come and then I would be terrified because I thought maybe God would be mad for me having them, even though I didn't want them. I didn't put two and two together. But I was worried I might disappoint him. Or maybe he, he was impatient. So I kept saying this one thing. God, unto the death. Unto death. I'll go unto death. Now my feelings were raging, but I kept saying that one thing. Unto death. I go unto death every single day. I would say. Unto death. And I was white knuckling this this trial. If you don't know what that means, it means I was basically saying, you know, gritting my teeth, saying, I'm going to do this unto death, unto death. And God, being an omnipresent, omniscient being, saw right through that. And as I was reading my Bible, and I was actually reading a book called Keeping the Blood Warm. Um, I was taking communion with um, uh, practically family just, you know, believers in the body of Christ. And as we were taking communion, I felt and smelt warm blood everywhere. And it just ended quickly. It turns out there's a book written by Peter Lewis um, called Keeping the Blood Warm. It's a great devotional. It will change your life. Um, and I was reading that book, Keeping the Blood Warm. And I was just reading the goodness and grace of God. And I said, God... I just started weeping because I was getting so emotionally drained. I said, God, I go unto death. Right? White knuckling this thing. Gritting my teeth. Saying, God, I go unto death. I go unto death. This this is this is how far I'm going to go. I'm going to go unto death. I'm going to go deeper than I've ever gone before. The devil's going to have to kill me. And that might seem intense, but it's because my mind was under attack. And I truly believe if God didn't come through, I don't know if I would be living. That's how intense this thing was. It was literally attacking my entire identity. I kept saying unto death, unto death, unto death. So I'm weeping. I'm actually sitting in the chair that I was weeping in and I fall over basically. So I'm just so, so drained. I'm like, God, this is about three, four months in into this trial. And I look up to heaven because my, my, you know, when I say heaven, I mean just the sky. Um, <laughs> I look up to the sky because my window was kind of open. And I say, God, unto death. And then he interrupts me. <laughs> God interrupts me. And he says, oh, David, oh, David, oh, David. He said, oh, David, don't you know that I died for you first? And I just lost it. I was like, oh, you know, walking around my room, dude. Like, I was just, I was like, God. And at that moment, now it's been a slow revelation. But at that moment, I got a real revelation of his blood. That he actually loves me. 
wait, 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 wait. Even though I'm having these crazy thoughts against his own existence, the very undeniable thing seen throughout all creation, and yet I still have the audacity to doubt. I, I. He he loves me. Little did I know these actually weren't my thoughts. Um, I stand strong to that because of how supernatural this was. But these thoughts that I thought were my own because I didn't understand spiritual warfare to the degree that I thought I did. In my ignorance, I thought I was disrespecting God. And still in that ignorance, he met me and said, Son, don't you know that I died for you first? God actually loves you. And that is something you have to believe or you will not laugh. If you try to earn God's favor, win his approval, or seek his attention, you will die. Now, I believe in resurrecting power. <laughs> so I'm not don't I don't I don't want to like be so concrete with that intense dialogue. You will die. But there's massive potential. I think this is better. Um there's massive, massive potential for, for burnout if you try to earn God's approval. Now I try to earn God's approval and I actually recant what I just said about you will die. I tried to earn God's approval and he met me. He met me. He met me. And he ripped that belief apart. And I don't even want to edit that part out. The fact that I just said you will die, but I actually am wrong. No, I think God will actually correct you. You just have to believe his correction. If you try to earn and understand and get God's approval, there's potential for burnout if you don't believe his correction that says, no, I actually love you. Does that make sense? Again, I'm not, I'm not going to edit that out. Because I want to I want to show you guys that I am not perfect. <laughs> so heed and weigh everything I say against scripture. I am not editing that out. Heed and weigh everything I say. Test everything I say with the word of God. We serve a good father. So again, for a final correction, I originally said, if you try to earn God's favor and seek his approval, you will die. What I meant to say and what I truly believe is this. If you try to earn and seek God's approval, you have potential for burnout. And if you don't believe his correction, you will die. I do hold to that because you can't earn God's approval and it will drive you mad and it will drive you to bitterness. And if you do not believe that he actually loves you, that he actually died for you, you will just be going in a circle for the rest of your life.
I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying you will drive yourself mad. You will die metaphysically. Your brain will become mush. So believe that he actually loves you. Well, brother, how do I know that he actually loves me? Because I don't feel it. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. And read Romans 8. <laughs> read the Bible. Not a specific verse. Read the Bible. He actually cares about you. He actually loves you. And his blood covers everything. Everything that you're embarrassed about. Everything that you're ashamed of. He actually loves you. He died for you before you even knew his name. You have to cast feelings out, crucify them and watch them scream because they do not matter standing next to God's word. Sensual faith will not last. You have to root yourself in the reality of his eternal love. Keep the blood warm. Remember his blood. Remember that he died for you first. You have to. You have to believe. You have to trust the cross. You have to. Okay. The second story. I have a dream, and in this dream, I am running around in a field. Now, this specific field is a real field I walk with God with, but I'm dreaming, and I'm running around in this field, and I see this weird bug, and so I chase it, and I have this bowl in my hand, and I'm trying to catch it in this, in this bowl just to examine it, and it lands right off the path, and I go to catch this bug and I put a bowl over it and then right next to my hand there's a venomous snake coiled up and camouflaged and I go whoa and I jump back and I wake up from my dream now this is a real field this is a very real field that I go walking with so I wake up and I say oh boy I actually didn't say, oh boy, that would be weird. Oh boy, oh geez, oh boy, I gotta go to the field. Um, That wasn't funny, but okay, I digress. Um, <laughs> I go to this field um, and I bring something with me. Um, you know, a couple hundred years ago, in thousand years ago, shepherds used to, and I, I, they probably still do, carve their story, their testimony, in their shepherding staff. Now, I don't know how accurate this is, but it sounded really cool and aesthetic. So I got a staff from the woods, and I did the same thing. I chopped this tree down. I, you know, tree, it was like, you know, it's a staff-sized tree. Um, and I, I, I sand it down, and I chisel it down to this perfect staff. I took like two weeks on this thing. And I got a wood burner from Michael's um, the craft store. Yeah. And I, and I wood burned my entire testimony and that took like two weeks to do and i spent hours on it like 
I'm not going to brag, but it's pretty nice. I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty sick. Um, and I take, I take this staff. And I stained it too, so it's super nice. You can tell I like this thing. I take this staff to the woods, and I walk around for like an hour and a half. You know? And again, this is in the middle of my massive trial. About all these doubts running through my head. That I'm an occult, that I'm crazy, that God's not real, that I'm dedicating my entire life to an absolute lie, that I've been ridiculed, made fun of. Um, my, my reputation has been slammed on the ground all for, for nothing. For a man in the Middle East who was just nothing but a good man, but a good teacher that died of unpractical death. All that, all, all that stuff is just being rushed in my mind, like 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 water, <laughs> in and out, in and out, in and out. And I'm walking in this field. And I say, God, I I don't know, man. I I'm gonna sit down. So I sit down on this rock. I lay down and I put the staff on my chest. I'm just kind of chilling. It's a really hot day. I wore jeans in the middle of this like summer. No idea why I did that. I live in Texas. It was like humid and it was foolish. And I <laughs> I lay down and um, I think to myself that was such a strange dream. That was weird. That was wild. Why, why the heck did I have that dream? What does it mean? I thought to myself. I said it would be strange if a snake came out of nowhere, just like my dream. That would be weird. And I <laughs> I lean up, and there's a copper head about two, three and a half, two and a half, three feet away from me, curled up, ready to strike. So if you don't know what a copper head is, um, it's a venomous snake. Um, and if it if it bites me, it's bad news. Um, it is it is not a fun snake to deal with. It was sent me to the hospital. You can just look up what a copper head is on Google Images if you want. It's a very beautiful snake, actually. And it, its strike is actually uh, extremely fast. I think it's one of the quickest in um, North America. Its strike is literally insane. Um, and again, this is this is not a gardener snake or uh, a grass snake. This is a venomous snake for those people who live in California listening. Um, a snake is this long serpent-like... I'm kidding. Okay. Um, the joke is California people don't know what a snake is because they live in a city. Um, and... The snake is literally two feet away from me, and <laughs> I get my staff, and um, this is where the animal lovers need to fast forward two minutes, because I get this staff, and I decapitate the snake that I believe that was about to strike me. I decapitate the snake, and I'm not some Hercules you know, I was freaked out. My as soon as I saw it, my adrenaline skyrocketed. Sk- skyrocketed, and I think all I said was like, "Oh, there's a copperhead in front of me," and I just hop on the rock immediately. I go behind it. And I miss like 50 times, but I, I kill this snake, you know. And I feel like, I feel like um gladiator, you know, or um Maximus. Um, <laughs> I my adrenaline is still pumping, and my my stick, my staff. It's literally, it, was mu- it just rained the day before, so it's sticking in the ground vertically. It's just in the ground without anyone touching it, and it's just in this snake head. <laughs> and I hear the voice of God say, see, David, it's your testimony that kills the snake. Whoa. Remember, this staff 
has my testimony written all down it. And the Lord said, David, it's your testimony that kills the serpent. If you are going through some horrible time, if you're being tried or tested or even corrected by God, that might seem demonic, but in reality, beloved, it is just the correction of God. If you're going through a hard time, you must remember the past. You must hold on to your testimony. You must, you must remember the, the first night that you met him, the second night, the third night, the fourth night, the, the times you have been with him. You must remember the past. This is taught out all through the Tanakh, the Torah, and I even believe in the Pentateuch, and uh, I even believe the, the, the New Testament teaches, remember, remember, beloved. The story of Jesus. That's why it's written down. Remember the splitting. That's why we celebrate Passover, to remember what happened in Egypt at the Red Sea. The longest religious feast of history is the Passover because God intends his people to remember what happened. If you don't know what the Passover is, it's a Jewish holiday, it's a feast. And certain foods represent certain things that happened from the exodus of Egypt. Remember your testimony. If you, if you must, get a stick, get a staff, write your story in it. The reason why I did it is because I'm on a waiting season. I truly believe I'm being hidden. I've lost a lot of my followers. I post on Instagram and lose a thousand followers a day. I... I don't nearly get the views I used to. I'm working now with the underground church. You know, I can't necessarily post all the stuff I'm doing. Like, hey, here's this pastor. You know, like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I, I'm in a waiting season. So a shepherd waits. So I got this staff. Do the same thing. I have pictures on my wall. I have items. I literally, so that, the, the, the stone that I was sitting at, I actually have a piece of that rock on my shelf right now to remember, to remember, remember the testimony that God has written your entire life and is writing. And this will help you overcome the evil one. And now the last story. The last story is a very interesting one, a very... I think it's my favorite. I think it's my favorite. You see, a year ago, I was in Kansas City for the Send pre-rally. And I was, um, I was at this church. And I was struggling with sonship. Oh, man. I would, I would, I would preach for, for, from a, a fear uh, a conviction of fear. Why don't you spread the gospel? Do you hate your friends? You know, there's probably a better way to say that. Um, and I just didn't know who I was. Remember, I've only been saved f at that time for literally about a year. I got a million followers. Um, like, people were flying me out. You know, I thought I was the stuff, but I didn't even know who I was. I'm still learning who I am. I didn't know I was a son. I didn't know I was a son. 
I thought I still had to earn, like some of you, you have to earn God's approval. But no, 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 it was given. It is not earned. It is an inheritance. It is given freely because you are a son or a daughter of the Most High. All that being said, a year ago I was in Kansas City at a church and I had an open vision. It was probably one of my first. I've had a couple. I didn't really know what they were. Um, it's kind of like a daydream, but I wasn't even, this one was actually way more intense because everything else disappeared around me. Um, so if you think of vision is always like, like son, son, so this is my will, 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 you know, cherubim, like, holy, holy, and you're like out of, that's, (laughs) when people say they have visions, that's usually not what they're talking about. Um, it's more of a, like a daydream or a picture you see really quickly. But for, for me, this time it was like kind of like a daydream, but everything else just fuzzed out. So I was only focused on this. Like I don't remember anything. So this is a little this is a little bit more deep. And I was if you ever seen The Hobbit, if you haven't, repent. Or Lord of the Rings. If you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, then you need, you need to stop this podcast. Repent. Go watch the trilogy, then come back um, and say sorry to God. I'm kidding. That was a joke. Okay. Um but it was like the Shire. The Shire is this grassy, beautiful metal. And I'm not going to explain it more because you should watch Lord of the Rings. It's in the opening scene with Frodo waiting for Gandalf. Um, and yeah, Lord of the Rings is fire. It's all based on the Bible, by the way. Um, let's go Tolkien. Um, I was basically <laughs> I was basically in this shire-like area, this perfect meadow with the greenest grass you've ever seen, with the most gold and light and the most beautiful low-hanging green trees. And the grass wasn't itchy. It was was awesome. And I was 10 feet away from Jesus. And he was sitting on a stone bench. And, And I was sitting on a stone bench. And I was kind of leaning over, like, you know, the thinking man, right? Like sitting, but like my both my elbows were on my were on my legs and I was I was leaning over and I was saying, Jesus I was yelling. Jesus I was screaming, Jesus, why do you love me? Why could you possibly love me? What have I done? Because this is crazy. I don't talk about this a lot, but I, I listened to Francis Chan. He like discipled me on his sermons. Um for like I listened to him for like a year straight like every day I like I got all my theology from him like I just learned so much because my heart burned for the same thing that his heart burned for and then I got to meet him and I got to tell him hey you changed my life you know like that's a crazy moment when you like meet your hero and he like you guys get to hug and handshake you know that's crazy I just feel so blessed too like I'm just like why do you love me and I'm thinking about past encounters too. The Lord has just shown His love, and but I'm really emotional, especially in this moment. Why do you love me? Why do you care about me? Like, why did I get to meet my hero? None of this makes sense. Like, and he just—I was just screaming my head off. Why do you love me? Why do you love me? And he was just standing there, not standing. He was sitting to you on a stone bench, and he was just looking at me. He was smiling, and he didn't say anything. I was like, oh, he just didn't say anything. He just didn't say anything at all. He just looked at me and smiled. Wow. And then it ended. I was back, 
I would say reality, but I, I, I think that's all subjective after studying the fourth dimension. Ooh, I'm just kidding. I'm not kooky. Um, but I was brought back to the uh, material world, I guess. The third dimension. The first heaven. Um, I think that's right. The first heaven. Someone's going to crucify me for bad theology. Like the good old days. Um, I digress. That was a year ago. Really now, it was, a, it was like a year and like seven months ago. But a year later, literally about a year later, almost to the day, it felt like, I was going through this crazy, crazy trial. Remember? <laughs> Hopefully, you've been listening for 32 minutes. Um, the blood of the lamb. I remember he said, David, don't you know that I died for you first? And it's the testimony that kills the serpent. It's your testimony. So now I am, I have white knuckled this trial. Again, white knuckling means like gritting my teeth saying, I'd rather die. I'd rather die. I'm going to do this like Mancho man, you know, like, like Achilles or Hercules, you know, like just this hero. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to win. I'm not going to give up. And, uh, it's interesting because I only experienced freedom when I finally loosened my grip. I only experienced freedom when I said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I give my entire future of my existence. I give it to you. I can't do this. I need you, Jesus. And I was in my prayer closet, and when I said that, remember, I've been white-knuckling this, and I think it's very important. I've said it three times on, 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 for, for a purpose. I was white-knuckling, gritting my teeth, trying to be macho man for six months. And I said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I need you. And then, boom, I was taken right back to that grassy meadow. I was at the same, <laughs> it's wild, I can't make this up. I was at the same place I was a year ago. But instead of being 10 feet away from Jesus on my own stone bench yelling at God, I was as quiet as a mouse in utter awe at the feet of him. I was at the feet of Jesus this time. I, was on, I wasn't on a bench. No, 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 no. I was at the feet. And I looked up and I, I couldn't see his face. It was like the sun, you know, was right behind him. It was just, I, I, but I don't think that's important that I saw his face. Because he reached down. Oh yeah, before he was reaching down, I, I didn't I didn't know what to say, you know. <laughs> oh Jesus, I didn't know what to say, and so I said, "I love you." I kept saying it. 
I just wanted him to know, right? Because I think I think that God doesn't understand that I, I'll, I'll die, that I that I actually love him. I don't think that God realizes it. So in every second, I was like, oh my gosh, he's right in front of me. Not like because for some reason I didn't think my prayers were getting through. I and I was I was having this open vision encounter, right? <sighs> His wisdom is 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 ridiculous. I. I didn't think my prayers were getting through, but you know, I'm in front of Jesus right now. So I got to let him know. So I kept saying, I love you. 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 I felt like I said it a hundred times, but I feel like I only said it once. I said, I love you just so that he knew. And he didn't say anything. And he, he, he brought down his hand. Oh, <laughs> He brought down his hand and he said, nothing. I keep saying that over and over and over. He didn't say anything. I'm getting so excited. He just showed me his hand and I had a hole in it. Some people say, well, you know, brother, it's probably the wrist between his two um, retacular wrist bones. Okay, That's besides the point. I understood the assignment, Chief. I knew what he was saying, okay? He had a hole in his hand, and he said, David, I love you too. Now die. He didn't say anything, but by showing me his crucified hand, it had a hole right through it. He he said, I love you too. By showing me his hand, he said, I love you too. Look at this evidence, David. Look at this evidence of my love. I love you too. Remember, reminding me, David, don't you know that I died for you first? And then he said, now die. And at that moment, <gasps> I was taken out right back to my, 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 my prayer closet. I was right sucked back into almost like, you know, reality. But again, like I said, I, I, I don't think it's reality. I think it's just a more of the material material world. But I'm, I'm sucked back to like basically this dimension, you know. I'm like, <gasps> and I'm like, <gasps> I can't breathe. I literally felt like I have been crucified myself. In the spirit, I literally feel like I have been put on a cross and I take the deepest breath, <gasps> sucking oxygen in as quickly as I can. I do not know what is happening to me. I am weak. I am I am weak like I haven't eaten in days. And I grab the door handle to my prayer closet. I, I fling it open. Sunlight hits me. You know, like I'm like, <gasps> it's the most intense. I'm just weeping. I'm literally crawling out of my prayer closet. I'm crawling out, shaking. 45 minutes later, I'm trying to tell the story to Shane and Jessica that I live with them. Um, they're, they're a young married couple. They've taken me and they've been so kind. They're, they also like, you know, disciple me and born to me and just give me life advice. Um, I'm trying to tell them the story because they've been walking through this with me for months and I'm shake I can't even eat. I my my fork, you know, is like is like shaking. Like I can't even put food in my mouth. I'm trying to I'm trying to trying to get a glass of water and and I'm shaking. And then I was free. Now lies still come. 
but I've learned how to fight. At least I've learned how to fight a little bit better. I have learned that God actually loves me. I have learned that it's my testimony that kills the snake. And I have learned that true freedom comes not from my own strength, but from His. For when I am weak, He is strong. Therefore, I, I will boast all the more in my my weakness. <laughs> Beloved, true freedom comes from giving him everything. And I hate cliche messages. But this isn't cliche. This is reality. Give him everything. Stop holding on to whatever you're holding on to. Stop trying to white knuckle, grit out through this trial. Give him everything. Stop relying on your feelings. They're liars. Sensual faith is demonic. Sensual faith means faith that relies on feelings is demonic. The reason why I, I say that so boldly is because feelings can be manipulated. And a faith that relies on feelings is a faith easily manipulated. And the only one who manipulates is the devil. So please let go of feelings. You are not them. Maybe you're having thoughts. Maybe it might not be doubt. Maybe it might, might be something else. Thoughts aren't always yours. There is a demonic war and an angelic war. There is a spiritual war happening all around us. Do not let them have the upper hand. Continue to fight the good fight. And remember this. They overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their life unto death.